so we are live on uh, youtube and facebook both now good morning everyone uh, welcome to today's session hosted by skill reporter and i would like to tell you that it is supported by the edupress team as well you might have noticed that the terms upskilling and reskilling are being used more and more frequently nowadays and even sometimes interchangeably also but how they can be helpful to make people self reliant let's discuss with the experts and leaders we have on our panel to understand the logic of reskilling and upskilling to contribute and complement atmanirbhar bharat i welcome all our guests for taking out time and joining us today now uh, uh, now i would like uh, mr abhishek who is also an innovative professional having a decade of experience in the fields of skill development uh, edutech tvet entrepreneurship and capacity building to introduce our esteemed panelists and moderate the session thank you thank you khushbu and uh, very good morning to uh, all the dignitaries uh, uh, present today uh, i'm very thankful uh, to all of you for your time uh, which you have allotted us and uh, agreed to have this meaningful discussion uh, which is now uh, becoming more relevant especially after this recent pandemic uh, which has caused many job losses and uh, we have seen the kind of uh, uh post i mean we are also uh, you know kind of assuming that what will be the post pandemic uh, effects uh, in industry and uh, uh, you know also will uh, uh, will affect the employed youth of our country so i first of all would like to uh, uh, welcome uh, mr atul bhatnagar who happened to be the coo of uh, nsdc Uh, he doesn't require any kind of uh, introduction uh, for sure is a veteran uh, skill development uh, professional and now the principal advisor to pafi uh, uh, welcome sir welcome on board and thank you for joining us uh, i uh, uh, i also would like to welcome deepti from uh, fiki uh, who is associated as deputy director there Uh, managing multiple uh, sectors and will also share her uh, insights about this uh, skill uh, industry and uh, the uh, you know relevant topic uh, for all the indian youth i cordially welcome vishwarup thakur who happened to be a good colleague of mine uh, if i can recall correctly that uh, since 2015 uh we were on this game when uh, we were uh, you know responsible for delivering the defeat mandate skills for jobs so welcome vishwarup thank you for your time uh so very quickly i would first of all uh, i would like to first of all start with uh, atul sir uh sir uh, uh, this uh, session which we have planned would be little interactive uh, in nature uh, we have received lot of questions apprehensions from our audience regarding the recent uh, turmoil Uh, which we have seen in the indian economy uh, especially uh, during this 2020 pandemic 
so we would like to uh, address those queries with your uh, esteemed uh, knowledge and under your uh, kind guidance so that uh, the uh, the uh, the youth of india whether it is whether they, whether they are at present are employed or have lost their job due to this pandemic will be benefited out of it hello so here my question first of all would be uh, to you that earlier we were talking about reskilling and upskilling uh, very very frequently and the requirement generated due to recently recent revolution of industry 4.0 and now after covid has completely changed the paradigm and i i we have we have all noticed and experienced that there is a huge shift from uh, the traditional skill development to more uh, kind of uh, practical orientation and uh, on job performance on day one which is being expected by the industry at present so we'd like to have your opinion especially from the indian perspective sir over to you sir uh thank you abhishek for the introduction and thank you kushbu and skill reporter for giving me this opportunity to be here and i think it is a very relevant topic there's a lot of uh, discussion happening already about job losses and uh, how do you redeploy people and create new jobs because india is such a big country and everybody is knowing about the demographic dividend but having said that i mean a lot of discussion is happening on the digital world which very uh, in my view india is quite advanced i mean india is doing very well in digital side we have been doing that we are the let's say it hub for the world but that's a services industry so you can sit at home tap on a computer create some software make some changes and go to the next bit of uh, programming and create some new products and more services etc but there are two other sectors which uh, really drive the economy of a country and that is manufacturing and agriculture and those are uh, which uh, require a lot of people employment or even self employment for that matter and a lot of skills so somewhere when uh, india moved off moved on from an agrarian economy it kind of skipped the in between ladder of manufacturing and went straight to services so that is the it digital and everybody as i mentioned earlier is very in tune with what is happening in the digital world so when it comes to industry 4.0 i would rather focus on the agriculture and the manufacturing bit not that i am not against the it revolution that's happened and we should carry on with that but um, what is more important is <clears throat> as far as manufacturing is concerned or let's say agriculture is concerned yeah while it is a kind of a vertical so you know in that it vertical we talk about stack and you know all the kind of stackability that we talk about which is the jar technical jargon but it also intersects every single sector horizontally so agriculture textile farmer healthcare education bfsi all these sectors let's say if you were to look at the vertical there is bit of it intersection in every single sector correct so agri plus technology the agri tech and we are now talking about drones mapping uh, the, the earth and giving information to the farmer when to reap and when to sow and when to how much put of water, water to be put what is the energy content etc all that bit is happening 
and can happen and more and more through drone technology and artificial intelligence being applied there. So my, the view that I'm trying to propagate here is when we talk of IT, we should look at IT as a horizontal also and see the intersections by which you can create some value for your stakeholders or for the public at large. Now, let's take an example of COVID itself. And COVID came in, of course, manufacturing literally shut down, you had to shut down factories, people had to be sitting at home. And at the same time, there was this big, huge black swan event really staring us in the face, literally, or rather staring into our throats, in fact. So we were really taken by surprise, correct? So, um, and I'll give you a, a story, and I hope I have the time for this. So it's kind of a story which I would like to narrate, which actually brings forth my point and how India can develop in this particular sector, which is healthcare plus manufacturing. Now, how does that happen? So we needed ventilators. Yeah, everybody was, I mean, remember the March end when this uh, thing started, the COVID cases land, started lining up in hospitals and people were really gasping for breath. They did not have as much of um, uh, machines to be able to breathe and get their lungs uh, fortified to be able to fight the virus. Very simple thing. So we needed a ventilator. Now, the story that I'm going to mention uh, today is how in 82 days in the COVID era, nobody was moving out. A product got conceived and designed and implemented in 82 days. How did that happen? So, uh, and the story is uh, from my alma mater, which is IIT Kanpur. And there, the first call that was made from IIT Kanpur to a few alums, and in this particular case, it was Shrikant Shastri. So, uh, he's my senior from there. And the incubator in IIT Kanpur generally said, okay, look, we've got a call from the Prime Minister's office, we need more ventilators. So what can the IITs do about it? What can the technical institution, I'm not saying only IIT can't probably, but there must have been other uh, IITs or uh, technical institutions would have got the similar call. But how they reacted to it, that's the story that I want to tell you. So the first thing they do, uh, they did was they assembled a team together of 20 odd people, which had a Padma Bhushan awardee, which had a Padma Shri awardee, that had a doctor in it, there were engineers, all those, and there was a, uh, a young team of NOCA robotics a 23-year-old chap who had just passed out from uh, IIT Kanpur a few years back, Harshit Rathor and um, Nikhil Kurule. And they said, yes, sir, we can do something about it. We, we've got a prototype. They created a 3D drawing, sent it across. It was seen. And they said, OK, how can we make it? So every single day at 12 noon for one hour, the team met every single day for the 82 days. So there is one, a discipline, correct? And uh, then. At the end of 82 days, having tested it, they come out with a, a, a ventilator, which is at least 40% cheaper than anything abroad. So that is the story of Atmanirbhan. We created something in COVID era. Again, I'm going back to the same issue. Look, in COVID era, when you thought your manufacturing is impossible, you were manufacturing. They, create, they have already sold some 500 odd such ventilators, not only in India, but in Nepal also. I mean, in some neighboring country. So it's about that discipline. Now, what is the discipline coming due to? It is coming for a highest purpose in life. And um, I would strongly encourage all the audience uh, who's listening to this talk to have a look at the YouTube video on this particular uh, subject, which is like building 
sustainable institution in the post-COVID era. So going back to now the Atmanirvata campaign and manufacturing or agri-tech, as I mentioned initially, we have to have that as a higher sense of purpose, which is creating India, the manufacturing hub. Now, whether we are taking some slice of the cake from, uh, from uh, China or we are taking it from whichever other country, but the fact of the matter is we can deliver a product which is far superior and much cheaper. And, uh, and look at the stories to, uh, to, uh, you know, to justify a case. Look at the Mangalyan. The Mangalyan was set into orbit for $74 million. A similar orbiter from NASA costed nearly $682 million. So nearly one-ninth the price. You made a, a space object, literally, of such high quality and such low price. So India has it in, in themselves, except that we are, let's say, a little too, um, we're not we work well when the focus comes in. Why is it that even though the number of cases very high, but the mortality is so low in, in India about COVID? That is, well, only history will tell us why it's so, but I, uh, I feel that the Indians have come together as a mission mode and done wearing the mask. We are quite ill-disciplined in those things. I mean, when you talk about swachita and, uh, you know, um, obeying laws, etc., we are quite wayward. But the fact of the matter is, when there is a higher sense of purpose, then we suddenly become very like a team and we, we become a team of 130 crore people. And I think that is the idea we have to look at when we talk about Industry 4.0. We have to come together as a team. And that Atmanirbharta campaign is not just to look, do things ourselves, but do things for the world and for ourselves. So we'll talk more about it, but that's a little story that I wanted to share up front. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much for your uh, 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 insights and uh, uh, the uh, experience uh, which you have had during this uh, recent pandemic. And we will uh, continue to hear from you uh, on, on, on various other topics way forward. So uh, uh, I uh, now uh, would like to, uh, uh, you know, uh, redirect my question to uh, Bishrup Thakur. So, uh, Bishrup, uh, my question here is, which, uh, uh, you know, if you have recently have gone through the uh, uh, global CEO report, according to that report published in 2020, it was revealed that, uh, you know, only 30% of the global CEOs felt that their upskilling programs were very effective. Uh, in accelerating the digital transformation, where are the so uh, where are the where are the basically disconnects? So uh, how do you think that can be bridged? If you can kindly share your opinion on this. Thank you, Abhishek. Uh, at first, I will like to uh, say hello to all the panelists, specifically Atul sir, who I know from quite a long. Abhishek, you have been my working team member. Dipti, I was part of Tiki. Kushbu, I know. Uh, yes, I think the question is quite pertinent at this moment. Right. Uh, we have to think on this. If this, this is a kind of a 
reveal that has come in my past while working on livelihood projects i have realized that uh, team that has been handled properly and upskilled their efficiency level was higher to as compared to people who were working on the same structure without having given an opportunity or having an opportunity to go through a upskilling process second why it is important we need to understand that the total ecosystem of the entire globe is at this moment is fundamentally based on the economics of livelihood it is whether for a bigger country like america or some african countries or some latin countries they all thrive to make their economies sustainable now when you have industries in your say local regions in your own countries they will be competing with other organizations other countries for selling their products and services until or unless there is a difference between the product quality and the services what we look for it will not be easy for the regular kind of products to continue in the market second why upskilling and reskilling is important we generally believe that chal raha hai this will continue this is the process that has been going on and it has earned certain level of revenue which is nearly something which we think that is good for the organization but covid has shown us that even good organizations can come down so drastically in situations like this where the graphs which used to be very good the curves of the revenues were so good can come down very drastically and show very bad year where you have to remove your good people who have been working but on the other hand the example of atul sir if upskilling and reskilling is not introduced we will not be enable we will not be there to innovate we will not be there to acknowledge innovations within the structure as a head of the organizations it is always required to have those kind of people who can actually compete with others having a flat structure is good of course it is a good way of thinking that it is continuing this is sustainable everything but whether that organization is able to compete with other structures or not will be based on the kind of employees you have and the kind of employees they are working with it is required yeah, that they have to you want to say that in such situations in such pandemics or uh, in 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 such special cases you 
mean to say that upskilling and reskilling is more and more required because of the multitasking requirement or you want uh, you you are, you are seeing this as a better efficiency better efficiency and to make your team uh, you know uh, more efficient so which angle you are looking at and which which one do you think is more relevant in in, in this uh, situation see efficiency will always come from multitasking and with higher qualities of skills until unless you have people with high qualities of skills and way to in, get them involved in various scopes of work an organization cannot survive the pandemic has clearly shown that there were huge number of people who lost their jobs right and those organizations survived who were there to give their uh, employees the scope to again rethink on their skills update their skills to increase their enhance their skills they survived a lot because they were given opportunity to innovate to rethink on their services and products they have to compete in the market until and unless you do not have that space <coughs> the sustainability part will always be in challenge i think so perfect perfect bishru uh, uh, it was indeed a very enlightened uh, uh, discussion on this topic uh, so thank you bishru uh, moving to uh, deepthi uh, so uh, deepthi uh, a very uh, pertinent question in this situation which is being arisen and i definitely would like to address that i would like to ask you so that you can uh, properly guide us on this like you know we 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 all have witnessed a forced transformation due to pandemic covid 19 uh, so which sector was uh, will require upskill and reskilling the most uh, according to you or we may say that which are the uh, you know skills that will be in high demand way forward like uh, we, we all under, we all can understand that uh, based on the industry dynamics and uh, the, the changes the continuous changes which uh, we are seeing in the uh, business uh, environment so some of the skills will definitely doom like uh, will be obsolete and some of the new skills will emerge where the demand will be way forward in future so what do you yeah. think what is your opinion on this so um at the outset thank you abhishek thank you kushbu and the entire team of skill reporter and edu press for having me here uh, i am indeed very glad and privileged to be a part of such an elite panel and uh, uh, much has been already been talked about by atul sir and viswaruj ji about uh, the importance of reskilling and upskilling and how it could possibly shape our uh, country and the future of tomorrow uh i'll begin with a very uh, very basic understanding that what is the difference between reskilling and upskilling so if i i am in my current job and uh, and automation or covid has changed uh, the job requirements that i i was doing so i need to reskill myself for a uh, for the new job that's reskilling which is gaining a new skill learning a new skill to re stay relevant at my workplace and upskilling means that 
i am a currently uh, employed in a certain technology or any other uh, probably manufacturing plant or anywhere and i need to upskill or upgrade myself to a higher version of that technology or higher version of that skill so that's the basic difference between skill uh, upskilling and reskilling and why uh, it is important to talk about today uh, about this topic today is because of the two disruptions that we've had in the last uh, you know couple of years uh, the first of course industry 4.0 and the second is the covid and we have seen every major industry undergoing transformation convergence of um, you know uh, artificial intelligence robotics virtual reality digital technology sensors uh, not just these uh, you know uh, the smart a uh, trend that has come in from smart televisions to st smart TVs to smart phones to everything which is getting smarter our lives are getting transformed and uh, it's not just electronic section or electronics division that is getting transformed it's manufacturing it's healthcare it's education it's it's uh, the way the service sector has uh, you know transformed itself with the help of digital tools so at the core of all these changes i think data analytics is one uh, important uh, uh, you know uh, core which which is the basis of all these transformation uh, machine learning has helped uh, industries formulate strategies and adapt to the changing future and if i have to say that if india wants to become a 5 trillion economy 5 uh, trillion dollar economy uh, as as uh, uh, you know perceived by our honorable prime minister uh, i think manufacturing and artificial intelligence are going to play a very very critical role uh to on on that note i want to talk about not just uh you know the impact covid and industry 4.0 have had on our country fiki all through these years uh, under the presidentship of uh, our honorable dr sanita reddy and now ashri uday shankar ji we have been uh, constantly supporting the indian government in all their uh, endeavors and uh, uh work related to healthcare related to manufacturing and related to power and not just all, all these we've been supporting and uh, giving our inputs on the locking unlocking strategies for our country uh the healthcare uh, telemedicine iot and we we've, we've we've been a constant support to our government at the same time when you ask me that which are the sectors which have been severely impacted covid um uh, uh, in terms of employment i would like to state it from uh, a report from ilo which has rated the four sectors as being at the high risk of severe covid-19 impact the first is accommodation and food services the second is real estate the third is business and administrative activities and the fourth is manufacturing and the wholesale retail trade in not just in terms of employment i want to highlight a very important factor which is women employment in these sectors uh in 2020 527 million women uh which represented 41% of the total global workforce were impacted because of covid and out of these uh uh 41% uh, were rendered jobless Uh, as compared to 35% uh, men uh, who lost their jobs globally because of covid and if i have to talk about india uh, india uh, we don't have the exact figures but we have quotes around 100 million men losing jobs versus 17 million women losing jobs however it's it's really skewed because we don't have a very uh, 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 we have disproportionate representation of women in the four sectors which i just mentioned accommodation real estate business and uh, manufacturing so um we have uh, you know seen a lot of uh, 
uh, a lot of commotion and a lot of chaos in in the last one year because of covid and now i will talk about the sectors that you know at fiki we've already been recommending and we are talking about future skills and we're talking about these sectors as the uh, growth sectors apart from the four uh, uh, sectors that i mentioned that uh, they have faced a, a, a brunt because of covid uh and then i will talk about the skills that we are going to talk about as future skills or the futures that are going or the skills that are going to be uh the the right skills for uh the manpower or the workforce so i think uh, electronics is one sector apart from healthcare so healthcare remains on the top of our uh, uh sectors sector list so electronics right. covid 19 has uh, transformed the digital adoption of uh, of everything that is uh, that is that is existing today and uh, data is the new oil the government has launched digital india initiative the jam trinity has enabled the introduction of uh, an expansion of digital payments among other benefits so it is very clear that the electronics sector in india would be a key driver of growth uh, going forward and many initiatives such as the uh, production linked incentive scheme uh, which has been brought in by the government is is attracting manufacturing uh, from all around um, the second sector i would say is power as economy actively uh, is growing and we move towards the 5 trillion economy we the need of energy is going to grow uh, the share of renewable uh, renewables in the total share of power would continue to rise and uh, with the support of government and the number of initiatives that the government is taking uh, the power and the renewable energy sector is going to grow the third is uh, education and i'm really thankful to all our teachers and educators who have in in no time turned out to be uh, uh, you know our frontline uh, fighters uh, in continuing to educate our children our students and our entire community by quickly reskilling themselves and upskilling themselves by uh, on on internet related technologies and started uh, teaching students uh, and not bringing any kind of break during their um, uh, curriculum so the third is the education sector uh the pandemic had really altered the education and the skill sector and worldwide while we were having lockdowns the teachers and uh, educators were uh, conducting classes exams uh, and they have moved to probably the online version of education much faster than a lot of other sectors so uh, uh, i understand that you know digital education might bring a lot of challenges to a lot of uh, students not just you know in in the tier 1 cities but tier 2 and 3 cities as well but we are hopeful that the national education policy 2020 is going to bridge certain gaps which are going to get created because of the digital uh, interventions uh healthcare as i said uh, as the world is moving towards a contactless economy drivers like telehealth iot artificial intelligence are playing a critical role and in the delivery of healthcare and this will certainly define new standards of patient care and treatment last but not the least which um, which we have already been stating in the last 30 minutes of our conversation is manufacturing um uh you know uh, even during the lockdown post the lockdown manufacturing was one sector and is still one sector which which attracts a lot of uh, manpower uh textile is one sector which uh, which uh, which has a lot of women workforce working in them 
so that's one sector and and uh, it is one sector that is predicted which is going to grow between 16 to 24% of our gdp um and the use of digital technology machine learning and iot and 3d printing and sharing of data in real time both within the organization and across this uh, supply chain are going to be the transformations or transformative elements uh, in the manufacturing landscape so that we can catapult our industry to the next level of innovation platform and bring them to the competitive edge so these were the uh, four five top sectors which which we think are going to change the um, uh, uh, are going to be uh, the future of uh, post covid era uh, i'll now uh, speak about a little on the skills uh, for tomorrow the future skills and what uh, the youngsters and young population and uh, the fresh entrants or the existing workforce should uh, uh, should focus on uh first and foremost is of course coding there are plenty of resources there are plenty of uh, websites and online information portals which talk about coding and it has become relevant because of everything that has moved digitally online uh, a lot of solutions moving online and with you know class 7 class 8 uh, 8 students now starting to learn coding our future is going to be a lot of technological solutions that are going to come in so i think uh, uh, for for all youngsters who are listening to us or you know students who are interested in uh, choosing a career for themselves please choose a sector of your choice please choose which which language or which coding language is popular in that sector java html php or whichever and try start you know learn learning in phases about that language about that coding language so that is one thing that i think is uh going to grow a big uh, grow big time in in the coming times the second is uh, cloud computing maintenance and uh, managing softwares um, saas as we call it software as service uh, we need constant upskilling and upgradation of our uh, data which is present on cloud so it's very important that we we have manpower which understands what cloud computing is and it's not necessary that you have uh, you know qualification of a software engineer or a, or a graduate or a bsc in computer science or like that these there are short term long term courses available in cloud computing which could you know which are very hands on and give you the right skills to be on a job like this so at fiki uh, we have a center of excellence for career counseling which is a physical center at greater noida uh, where uh, we are talking about skills we are talking about career pathways and and through our interventions of the last two years we have interacted with close to 90 um, sectoral experts uh, spent uh, more than uh, uh, 1000 hours uh, interacting with them understanding from them that what are the sectors and what are the future jobs that are going to come in and we work very closely with an industry to link that bridge between uh, the right kind of students the right kind of training programs and the right kind of job fits that should happen so uh, uh, as i as i just said that cloud computing is one area the second area which i which we think is is the future and the students need to reskill or up kill themselves on a technology like this the third is big data uh we need to know our numbers and how uh, data and how numbers can uh impact and uh, change the change the course of action of any businesses now become very very critical so data capturing analyzing data and harnessing data for business needs is very important um there are many mathematics ad advanced mathematics course that are available online there are statistical and analytical tools that are available and 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 if you have a knack for reading and understanding numbers this this could be a good uh this could be good opportunity opportunity for you 
the third is uh, the fourth one is um, android or application development pc a plethora of applications already available on play store and android and all these applications so they are also uh, a huge sector of demand for for uh, for people uh apart from these i would now talk about not just the technical skills or, or not these it uh, skills artificial intelligence 3d printing that we've already spoken about i want to talk about uh, real reskilling where we need because of work from home scenario so we've worked in a remote environment but we never knew how to you know conduct zoom meetings or or what are the video etiquettes or what are the um, uh, you know do's and don'ts through th for a for a meeting like this so we are talking about those skills as well we need a higher uh, attention uh, uh you know and span which is required when we are uh, on a video call like this so that that's that's another skill we need a higher finesse to understand the body language or if i am a sales salesperson i need better uh, communication skills in terms of understanding body languages of my uh, of my co uh, part, colleagues or or the uh, client that i'm talking to so we are talking about these skills as well uh apart from these uh, i think uh, presentation skills uh, which which are very very important um uh, because it, it branding is a science and if you're talking about uh, uh, something visual that goes in front of you and it makes you do a transaction which which uh, which is a journey from an emotional uh, message into a transactional state uh, it's it's a skill so we are talking about those skills as well uh the second I, the the seventh one i would say is um logistics uh, it's it's a very very important sector now uh, most of our uh, uh, you know raw material finished goods supply chain all these uh, these these uh, supply chain managers play a very critical function they have to reduce the cost by uh, finding a shorter route they have to look for better materials they have to have negotiation uh, powers and and uh, so logistics is one sector which which is going to uh, see a lot of manpower demand uh another skill is uh, engaging with the social media no uh, business today could exist or can think of existing without having a strong social media presence so the social media uh, uh, people are required to uh, you know uh, talk about uh, having pr and creative skills uh, they they need to know the do's and don'ts of social media today they need to now uh, uh, think out of the box to engage people and to bring people onto their website so search engine optimization is another area of uh, scaling people uh, scaling themselves on on a skill like that um and then uh, there are multiple social media management courses available which are again long term and short term and which can help you in uh, getting uh, upskilled and uh, uh, get you a good good job as well uh i think the last one i would like to say is great writing skills since a lot of information now uh, which which includes instruction manuals blogs and uh, training manuals and e-commerce all these websites and all these uh, these commercial organizations or e-commerce organizations are using a lot of content uh, uh, these days so from social media to to businesses uh, uh, content has become very very important so i think great writing skills is another uh, skill which uh, students and uh, people should get themselves upskilled on so i think these are the top uh, 10 skills that uh, we would like to recommend uh, which should be the focus for for people now perfect thanks very much for uh, sharing your insights i mean i'm i'm, I'm sure that it will be very helpful uh, for the audience of this session 
to understand that what are the emerging skills one need to focus on. As rightly being said in Cambridge Dictionary that upskilling is the process of learning new skills or teaching workers new skill while reskilling is the process of learning new skills. So you can do a different job or training people to do different jobs. So it's basically uh, nothing but either uh, you are, you are, you are uh, learning something in order to grow uh, in your uh, ladder uh, way forward to perform a different job or else doing multiple jobs in the same scale so that you can cover a maximum gamut of your uh, departmental uh, or, or your oper operational side of any businesses. So uh, thanks, Deepthi. Thank you very much for your insights. Uh, 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 back to Atul, sir. I, uh, my next question will be uh, uh, to Atul, sir. Uh, sir, uh, my next question would be that what are the expected, uh, you know, changes in approaches and strategies to upskill or reskill our teachers, existing teachers who are already delivering their uh, you know, uh, teaching uh, in our uh, school level or or, or or to the school goers to achieve the vision as per NEP 2020, because we all know that there is a national education policy in place right now, where uh, the is very rightly uh, being done because uh, I think a traditional education method Teachers uh, will uh, should be uh, trained or can you know cope up with the upcoming uh, Abhishek uh, and I am sorry to interrupt Abhishek. Uh, we are not able to hear you. Can you please? Uh, uh, am, 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 am I audible now? Yes. 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 Please, please repeat. Yeah. So, uh, so what I, so what my question was to sir was that what are the expected challenges in and in in APIS and strategies to upskill and reskill our teachers who are actually delivering their teaching programs in our primary or secondary, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, schools to achieve our vision as per the NEP 2020. As we all know that there is a national education policy in place. And it's very rightly that it has now the skill is being mixed with the traditional education, which was more bookish and had very limited uh, practical exposure or, uh, or or I would say that expertise were being delivered. Uh, now this mix and match uh, uh, would definitely help uh, the students for, uh, and will be will will prepare them uh, better ready for employment. At the same time, the employer will also be benefited out of as per the production is concerned. So what's your take on this, sir? How the how the teachers can cope up the expected emerging changes in the education system way forward in India. Uh, thanks, Abhishek. This question is a um, it's something very close to my heart. I've been following the NEP uh, closely ever since it's been announced. Um, it's a welcome move. Uh, first of all, it's trying to integrate skills into education, which previously wasn't there. Um, in fact, for that matter, there is a Ministry of Education, there's a Ministry of Skill Development. And actually, skill development, I, I'm not I'm taking a political statement, but skill development in 
in a sense, should be part of education. You know, so I don't want to talk about the ministry, but I'm talking about the principle. Why should skill development be part of education? Because um, summation of education should be equal to skills. I mean, that is uh, summation of, let's say, skills should be education. And um, if I give an example of my own, um, I mean, uh, let me talk about the higher education and we'll come down to the lower ones, uh, primary and secondary also. Um, so let's say uh, I was a, one of the last to the five-year batches that passed out from IIT. Um, so in my time, it was five years, 80 to 85. Now, in those five years, when you get into IIT, you got a class 12 certificate. You know, just passed class 12 um, and then appeared for JE and then you get into IIT. And five years later, you get a BTEC degree. Provided you complete the last course on the last day of the last semester. Yeah, so we had to do 55 courses. If you, I had 54, if I had passed out, but the 55th I hadn't done, I wouldn't get my degree. Correct. So unless I do that, I don't, I don't get to where I'm supposed to be. Now, with that in mind, it's like a wala question. Correct. So I'm on that one crore wala question. If I miss that out, I run back, I run back to some twelve thousand five hundred or maybe three, three lakhs or something, whatever it is. So there is no stop gap in between. So NEP is addressing that. So I'm, and why it's addressing that is like suppose I was a mechanical engineer. So at at the end of first year, suppose I become a machinist, correct? Next year, I become a CNC machinist. Third year, I become a machine designer. Fourth year, I become a robotics engineer. And fifth year, I get my BTEC degree. Now, again, I'm not trying to make this up, but this really happened. In my third year, my, my mother died. And at that time, I was in shambles. I mean, uh, let's say in an emotional sense. And my exams were just... 15 days after this particular uh, tragic event happened in my life. Now, suppose I hadn't done that, uh, that particular semester well, obviously, sympathy-wise, everybody said, yeah, yeah, you know, this is... Or maybe if I had dropped out of IIT, I would have been back to my class 12 levels. Who would give me a job or who would even look at me as so-called educated, correct? But if I had come out with, with a degree saying that I am a machine designer from IIT Kanpur, having done three years, I can still get a, a, a job, maybe work for two, three years, go back, get my uh, other degree, which is now robotics engineer, then go back, come back again. So that modular thinking is now what NAP has planted in the Indian system. Now, a lot goes in how we'll implement it. Now you take that whole modular thing back to, so let's say, secondary level and the primary levels. At each time, we are trying to make a person's skill. Now, uh, let's say, for example, the, uh, the kind of skills that Deepthi mentioned, presentation skills, writing skills. So it's not about giving marks about, you know, how big an essay you wrote, but what you wrote. You know, nowadays, CBSC people are getting 100 out of 100 in English. I don't understand how that happens. I mean, that's because yeah. the marking system is so different. And I think that's the first thing the teachers have to learn. Can look, get out of that marking system. Marks do not define your skills. Marks just define that you are very good at cracking the exam. And exams are being conducted in multiple choice because there's such a large mass of people that you don't have enough time to correct a paper judiciously and, and well, you know. And that's where artificial intelligence might come and fall, you know. You look, papers are being uh, uh, evaluated first by a computer, then a human kind of takes over okay, and says, okay, look, 
is this particular bit plagiarized from somewhere or is the information or the content that been provided by the uh, student is it worth giving marks at the end of it and marks not in the extent of 10 on 10 but whether it makes sense so presentation skills writing skills have to start right from the beginning right from the beginning from uh, even at the primary section for that matter when a person writes so it's not like i have written a cow ka essay and i start writing cow as four feet and this and that but you know we keep making right. we got nice jokes and everybody understands all what that cow ka essay is all about <laughs> because that is to be the very standard term so so that's where our teachers is to first need to kind of change their mindset and i am so pleased to even know that you know uh, an indian teacher has been given the best teacher award um from uk not that i want uk to certify her teachers not that but the the kind of um let's say tools he deployed to train or teach his uh, students was so engrossing and that was what was giving learning and i'm sure his students and his name was anjit singh desali he 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 got nearly 7 crores an award and the first thing that he did is give half of it away to his fellow uh, uh, the the com competitors who were there for the final selection such a noble soul and if you see his uh, some of his uh, videos and i was watching one of them uh, a few days back he was talking about nep also now that's the kind of teacher we want so we want teachers not to be just teachers but trainers we want teachers to now look at ke look everything is available on google mata google mata can teach you everything correct whatever you want whichever discussion you want they will get everything is on google mata what is the difference that you can make on top of it right that is the difference so while google like a youtube video or any other edtech video of byju or maybe coursera or whatever una academy jitne bhi hai whatever edtech technologies being employed at the moment how can i make that sink into the to the person the my student so if the person is able to understand what it means when let's say when deepti talks about ai and ai as applied to healthcare and that's being taught to like say a class 8 student he doesn't know what ai and healthcare is all about he has only learned from google mata okay there's a lot of action happening there or maybe he is getting inspired by deepti's talk today so he goes to see okay madam please tell me what is this all about and that's where the teacher has to then train the person not you give him another five assignments saying ki acha tum ye ai ke upar ek story likho aur healthcare pe ek story likho so we our whole idea is now about learning and not about marks so that is the biggest thing that we can change in uh, through nep second is the modular part ki every sectionally when you come out of class 8 there has to be some skill inside you which if in case your and why the why is this so because if you look at the gross enrollment rate of india that means every 100 kids that can enroll in the primary section only 20 20 25 or reach the college level and those who reach the college level also don't find the college which is good enough or which should be um, you know they should be eligible to so imagine a 90 percenter cannot get admission into a delhi college he may be for he or she may be from delhi with 90% marks i mean i i will go and touch his his or her feet the 90% is a huge uh, percentage but 
that person cannot get in, get that education in, in a reputed institution in delhi so he or she may have to look for somewhere some kind of open university or some other thing to just to kind of get a degree so that brings to my ne next point degrees are important but may not be necessary skills are necessary and important and that's a very big statement with the parents should understand first because they are financing the kids they are all after you know beta graduate ho jaye meri shaadi ho jayegi aur to job mil jayega no but that, that that only increases your problems even more so and you are at the end of it you with a degree you might be uh, delivering some pizzas as a delivery boy but what is required is do i have the skill can i learn a skill and earn then learn more earn more and i'm not saying graduate i'm against graduation but graduation can come to the side has anybody asked you why did you uh, complete your graduation as at at level at 40 years of age you can do your uh, you studying on your side and in this new era especially uh, when you're talking of disruption in education etc there is no such thing as education finished now job will start education and job have to go hand in hand for all your life even i am in i'm so called now nearing my retirement age i don't think i am uh, in that retirement age but yes as per uh, society designations i am kind of appearing to i am in the fag end of my corporate career so called but i have to reskill myself every time i mean the, the marketing degree that i had from uh, from a reputed institution like i am calcutta actually is of no value today because i learned marketing in the physical space and now marketing is being done in the digital space so i have to learn about all about you know youtube marketing and the uh, facebook marketing and the uh, whatsapp marketing and pinterest and insta and all that other bit which i don't know all the emerging, emerging uh, landscapes emerging thing which 5 years back nobody heard of even that Correct. digital market yeah. will be so much dominant in the market it, it yeah. is like very so a person who has a the, the digital marketing skill i don't say he's got a mba in digital marketing or he's got a bachelor's in digital marketing he has the skill in digital marketing he can understand how to reach out to consumers in this particular space and uh, create value for his employer or his own company that's that kind of, that person is a winner now that person can very frankly be a class 8 guy who's very good at understanding all these uh, various uh, social media channels and can uh, uh, do wonderful applications with that he can also i mean people are making apps and uh, those apps are becoming very good i'm not saying everybody should make apps but i'm just saying i'm giving an example of how uh, a skill without a degree can also make a very big change and that's where the mindset has to change from teachers from students and parents together yeah i think uh, the 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 gist of this uh, is that uh, like a degree without skills is, is not sustainable in the sense is because you don't know how to do what to do how to perform your work Correct. how to perform your job which is the need Correct. of the or expectation from the industry side whereas only skills minus degree can still survive because he know practicality he know how to do the job so the day to day uh, you know kind of operations he still can manage with even even without a degree which a degree holder might not be able to do without his skills yes that's very exactly. true because at the same time 
as you have rightly mentioned that we are all in in indian ecosystem we all chase behind degrees that uh, you know without degree uh, might be your brand image will not be that good in front of the company they will, they might not treat you as premium as the uh, you know iits and iims so i can very well recall one of my story my own story is that when i completed my graduation uh, so you know all my college fellows used to ran behind cat mat zat whatever it is all uh, across the country because they immediately wanted to pursue the mba after the after our graduation program why because they had an an uh, you know kind of a mindset which was uh, very much uh, in 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 all of them which was very common is that without probably a mba and without an mba there is there is no scope or no possibility to get into corporate world so mba is the gateway where my understanding was completely different was that first of all i need to learn the and what i will do and based on my experience when i'll gather something then only i can go and explore mba from a good in institute or university not because i'm uh, I, i think that i'm good enough to do a performer job but what i understand is mba or this kind of a degree should not be meant as a degree rather with certain experience and knowledge if If you go to that path, you if you can if you can go on board and pursue MBA, it will bring value added. Where the the meaning of an MBA can be understood. Otherwise, it's all bookish, and bookish thing I think cannot survive for a long. I mean, it's a very uh, 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 well thought process need to be in place in, uh, in the entire education system today in India, because it's entirely different from West. If you if you if you if you see so that in Western world without skills education is meaningless, but in India I have seen that skill was nowhere, uh, and and just a degree can, could do for 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 many years, uh, which which definitely was not the right thing, and probably uh, the reason behind the non-performance of the human uh, resource of India. So in fact, I'd like that since you mentioned about MBA, I have a personal view on this. I. I mean, as Deepthi mentioned earlier, and a lot of talk has been happening on data being the new oil. You have to be foodie of data. So maybe masters of business administration should be replaced by master of data administration because MBA should be the better thing than MBA because on basis of data, the business is run rather than uh, business uh, data being run by businesses. You know, the other way around. So there's a lot of change that is expected, and um, again the focus has to be on a speciality it's some kind of uh, skills and uh, well if, if the if the degree is there great i'm not saying don't do it but the fact of the matter is get the skill first correct that can only handle the wave, uh, the transformation which we are expecting way forward thank you sir thank you very much for your insights uh, so very quickly uh, uh, to bishurup uh, back to bishurup again uh, uh, bishurup Uh, my next question is uh, to you too. Is uh, some uh, some of the reports revealed that two third of organizations believe that workforce development program will help to address the skill gap? Now there are uh, 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 you know they are very slow to take action due to the financial constraints and lack of suitable technology to support their internal initiatives. How do government-led initiatives or state government or you know missions where you are associated at present uh, is like jharkhand skill development mission can be leveraged 
to address this certain challenges which you know uh, some of the companies might be facing at present over to you vishal thanks a lot uh, this is a very important question i also believe so. many of the organizations i believe they have a very low budget for capacity building of their employees of course it is also required but if you look at the entire global economy uh, there are two three partners who actually play a important role in that government being one of those who devise the policies financial institutions are those who play a major role in keeping the economy in shape and industries are those who become the front line runner in terms of generating revenues now when there is a lesser amount allocated for capacity building of employees there will be some kind of a suffocation there will be some problems whereas in this case most important will be how do we see a convergence between the government set programs and leveraging a space that some of the financial institutions can fund those programs see uh, already all the skill missions the ministry and many csrs are doing skill development programs right right most of the skill development programs at this moment are looking at the scope of training i'm using the word training the newcomers the objective is more on creating skilled manpower within the entire state or in the country and make them a group who can be employed sometimes it's my perception it is more into work on issues of poverty making people employable is also one of the biggest requirement but of course there is a need that we also need to work on the msme sector which has this kind of employees who require immediate capacity building upskilling i'm not using the word reskilling but i will be more focused on the aspect of upskilling msme when i talk about the msme sector those agencies or the organizations who work in the fringe areas of larger industries are the key role players second there are no such programs as i know at this moment in the structure in government led programs which has creates a scope for training those people of course there is the rpl which says that we are recognizing the capacities of those people who are already skilled but building as uh, again upskilling those people 
with revenue of someone else or budget of someone else is not there in the structure second who is going to fund for those program is also one of those questions the fundamental question that will arise if i invest on someone the benefit to the uh, benefit of that training or upskilling will go to the industry then there has to be some kind of a return back in the system also if government is investing on certain amount on this upskilling of certain employees so that amount has to come back to government in terms of some revenue i so think mean to say the contribution towards skill development should be allocated by every industry out of their revenue through csr pockets right uh csr can be one of the ways i'm saying so but as a policy matter the ministry of industries and commerce can take a decision that a specific budget needs to be brought in within the industries which allow which makes them to work on capacity building of the employees in upskilling their capacities also there should be provisions like seed money or something like that within the government structure which can be utilized by this industries in upskilling their own people ultimately this will only help the entire nation of the state to have skilled manpower who are delivering see there are startups and everything is there but when you look at there are 89 or uh, such programs within the start startup ea i don't think that any of one of them looks at any aspect of upskilling of the programs look at the funding pattern of the skilling programs in the nation they are all based on the common norms but those common norms are basically based on the training hours and everything but they don't define whether it is important if you have a space for giving training for people who are already employed you are talking about someone who is already employed but upskilling of those candidates or those employees is important for creating revenues of course ye policy level decision needs to be taken and i think it has to be the ministries which has to take care of those so you know also bishrup there are many uh, disconnects which we find from the industry side is that industry still believe that the content uh, which uh, majorly the missions and other state governments are uh, delivering are either of no use or probably is not helping them to uh, you know uh, get the desired outcome because either the contents are outdated or the content Just makers are not amalgamating or taking help of industry to actually develop the content industry wants see uh, i'm not making any fundamental comment on this but there has to be a feedback mechanism hmm. between the industries and the ministries and the departments to bring in to bridge the, those gaps Vicky is there, we, sir. Vicky is the I industry. I was just going to make that comment out of here. I want to. 
ஆர்மிட்டர் so at center of excellence we we have a task force and with ministry of skills uh, heading it the chairperson being uh, uh, the ex advisor uh, we have drafted a national framework for career guidance in india so we are talking about standards we are talking about uh, 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 career advisory services taking shape in our country we want to address the whole challenge that do i need to go to private organizations like abc udemy or uh, linkedin trainings or microsoft where do i go to upskill myself for a skill which is going to come in 5 or 7 years there is no government intervention in that sense we know there are a plethora of uh, schemes like uh, prime minister's employment generation program by ministry of msme mahatma gandhi national rural employment uh, guarantee scheme uh, ddu gky day nulm then we have pradhan mantri mutra yojana we have pradhan mantri rozgar protsahan yojana we have of course the flagship pradhan mantri kaushal vikas yojana but we don't have anything for the white collar and blue collar people so i completely we understood this gap uh, and as industry voice and as uh, chamber or and an industry chamber we've understood this requirement and we are framing a policy where going to at how do career paths or how do about if long learning and not just interventions in terms of careers uh, to talk about people that if i at point of time now in my mid career i want to change my stream or i have a, had a sabbatical because of a maternity leave what do i do in my career so at this center which i was talking about center of excellence at greater noida we are going to talk openly about career pathways uh, dipti i was looking forward to this comment only uh over the period of working on skills i realized this but we also need to understand that until unless this kind of a intervention is placed before government as a uh, feedback that it is also required and this has a capacity to trigger the revenue to a higher ladder will not work until unless we do it as a feedback mechanism second there has to be some kind of a financial process or a financial mechanisms has to be brought in within the structure whether it is within the industries or within the government who has to fund those kind of a program which is which has to be run for those who are already employed which i the point i was trying to make in uh, in a very very critical was that big industries they believe that they the employees are important for them and they might be doing the capacity building programs or upskilling their capacities of the white collar jobs but for the msme sectors who employ huge number of people in india this is one of the aspect which is missing if you build this kind of a option for them the msme sector which uh, which is spread across the nation in various pockets will surely try a benefit out of it once the msme sectors benefit out of it the startups or the other yeah people will look at the scope that people are going to invest on that 
Abhishek, uh, if you don't mind, can I just add one point because very, uh, very relevant to what Bishwarup and uh, sure. Deepthi have been sure. saying. Uh, you know, one is I think, the, and Deepthi, especially from coming from Fiki, I think you should take it up with the government big time. First of all, the government has to walk the talk, and when I say walk the talk, means government is the biggest employer as of now. But when you see any government uh, ad, it says tenth pass or the twelfth pass or some graduate degree. Even for a PN, they're saying tenth pass. You know, tenth pass being a PhD is also tenth pass, and MBA is also tenth pass, and then you have the ninety thousand applications coming for some three uh, hundred jobs. Even two hundred seventy-three PhD applies uh, for a PN's job. Exactly. Now, a PN is supposed to have skills. I mean, that skills is organization skills of organizing the paperwork, filing, uh, and time management, and maybe customer service by bits. All those bits. Some of the PhD or forget it. Now, even I don't have maybe that kind of. Our, I mean, a PN. Some of the best PNs can pick out the uh, you know from 50 years back. Ka ek paper nikal ke leke aate hain. When you go for their land records, that is a skill. I mean, you and I can't do it. I am. I hate. I mean, I'd be shuddering to find out ki kahan se nikalenge paper. You know, and the, the person can does it. Does it. So first of all, government has to employ people with skills rather than stressing on education. That's point number one. The second is, ki look. If we have to make certification of skills so important, and we have to, because look in the 1980s, you remember a single product from South Korea? Any? No way. Today there's one South Korean product either in your home or in your pocket or in your purse or somewhere with some relative. How did that country become so? 95% of the people in South Korea are certified skills. Certified is the emphasis. Certified skills. And when you say certified skills, nobody talks again. Acha, how many MBAs and sir, how how many PhDs do you have? Nobody talks about in South Korea how many PhDs and how many MBAs are there. Only in India you say, no, no, you know, we have got so many colleges producing so many MBAs, so many whatever it is. So we have to see the effect. The impact is there for us. 1980 to 2020, South Korea is the most skilled nation in the world right now. And we are less than five percent. Even our plumber, for that matter, is not certified skilled. You know, he has learnt it from his father, uncle, brothers, uh, neighbour, whoever it is. We need to certify it. As Vishal Rup said, we, there are some new technologies coming, and he has to be certified to that level. Like, say, I give you an example of of an electrician. Now, electrician who may have, you know, learned through whichever way, well, even through an ITI, for that matter, in in nineteen ninety five. Has been known how to lay the wires in a building, etc., and all that bit's fine. Then came the, te the telecom revolution, and the data wires came in. For now, suppose let's say take you back to uh, 2020 itself, and then you say, "Okay, look, you know, um, a new data uh, ADSL has come in, or some Jio or Airtel ka new MBPS kind of stuff has come. Can you just connect my Wi-Fi router?" So he comes, and what he does is puts the wire into the same. Uh, Same channel through which your AC wire and other things are going through, and then you say, "Yeah, you told me 100 Mbps, but whenever I put my AC on, my Wi-Fi doesn't seem to work fine because there's interference between the two wires. Nobody has told the electrician, 'Okay, look, the, with the telecom thing, you have to put an iron cladding in between, or have a different way to route the wire. The two wires come together. For him, the wires are same. Actually, the same wire is carrying data, same is carrying electricity. You put the two together, and you got interference." Now, if the guy has not been reskilled or upskilled, um, whichever way you want to use it, and certified for that, um, you got a problem. So I just want to kind of leave that. Okay, look, certification is very important. 
and at the same time the government has to take the uh, walk to talk because government is the biggest employer until for whatever reason people still like government jobs better than uh, private jobs so um, i think fiki can play a big part in this uh, abhishek one more point in this that when you are going for upskilling of any employee it has to have certain kind of incentive to that person who is getting that person upskilled it will motivate so that kind of a policy intervention is also required we don't have that kind of thing at this moment making someone motivate to get upskilled is also required it will require investment i am very sure on that but it has to be done right right point uh, will noted uh, bishuru Uh, so thanks thanks vishuru for your uh, uh, intervention and for your um, insights uh, so uh, the next question here is that the companies around the world are facing an uphill task of upskilling and reskilling their workforces quickly and effectively amid the business shifts and new environment post covid in your perspective what will be the quantum of impact whether it is low high medium and which sector or organization will face the heat most uh, you know uh, as per the recent report of pwc 2020 annual global ceo uh, uh, report do you think uh, dipti that uh, uh, from from a from a chambers perspective what do you think that which are the sectors uh, will be impacted the most in front of this uphill task i think yeah abhishek i've already in the beginning uh, spoken about the four uh, worst uh, worst hit uh, sectors uh, which i'll just reiterate uh, quickly and then come back to a point which bisroop uh, sir had uh, uh, started so uh, uh, ilo has stated that four sectors are worst impacted the accommodation food service real estate business and administrative services manufacturing and wholesale trade while at the same time i had also shared the five uh, promising sectors uh, education electronics manufacturing power and uh, 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 healthcare so so uh, so this was on the uh the the uphill task of skilling and reskilling i want to talk about two very important critical points here that you know we've talked about skilling upskilling and reskilling uh we know that government initiatives for workforce development programs is for uh, i'll say probably uh, for fresh entrants uh, from the tier 2 and tier 3 cities or or people with the, uh, you know disadvantaged background in terms of uh, paying capacity to get themselves skilled at the same time we are yet to see interventions for workforce development programs for blue collar and white collar people uh at the so having said that we know that as biswarup sir just mentioned that you know uh, if i am working with a good organization it organization especially my career progression has been taken care of by my organization so they carve a career pathway for me they skill me uh, they see a, they, they judge my performance they they measure my performance uh, train me skill me on the uh, on the future skills and they keep on upgrading my skills and that's how they create their leadership pipeline so for uh, you know organized sector specifically it manufacture uh, electronics and others they have a very clear pathway in place for themselves however if we move to a little disintegrated industries we know that career progression is not just the responsibility of the employer but for the individual as well so if i am a graphic designer probably my organization 
organization if i'm not working for disney or animation or or picture they might not take care of my upskilling i am responsible for my upskilling myself so i have to constantly be in that quest to understand what are the trends what are the industry trends what are the market trends what is the consumer trend and keep on uh, you know upgrading myself for those skills uh, so uh, and uh, you know uh, not just these two points of employer's responsibility and employee's responsibility to be uh, to be willing to get upskilled and reskilled the second point i want to mention is that uh, that when i'm talking about training capacities when i'm talking about upskilling as a as a as an intervention that the employer is giving you it is it is quite difficult to make it as a success uh, you mentioned as one of your questions to viswarup ji that you know 30% of the ceos see that the the training programs are not working out so what is the reason so digital transformation is not so easy the, the, you know we have heard and read it at multiple page, uh, multiple places that uh, you know the kind of jump the digital transition that we've made in in the last one year is, is almost equal to five years of digital uh, work that we could have done so all this was not easy uh, why training programs uh, you know are are uh, facing a challenging time is because digital retention is quite low we have to understand that you know sitting in front of a computer with a with an with a with a attention span of more than 10 15 minutes is quite difficult we need to come back and you know uh, have a lot of self constraint to come back to a conversation and understand what's where are we so that's a very critical point and uh, you know organizations when they talk about reskilling and upskilling uh, they have designed programs not thinking that a pandemic is going to hit or my employee is going to get a, a job transfer or i want to enrich his uh, employment they are they have designed these uh, reskilling programs based on certain other things so as uh, sir uh, mentioned that you know motivation factor is very important to understand what motivates an employee to get upskilled and reskilled is very important so you have to motivate the person to to learn on to new skills so that he stays relevant and not compromise for example if i'm not upskilled so what will happen to me in the worst case i will land up in a uh, less paid job and less suitable job as per my skills so we don't want that situation to happen so it for to to prevent me as an employee uh, not facing a situation like this it's important that i keep on upgrading my skills so that i am at a place where my skills and my uh, uh, you know remuneration is justified so that's my opinion on it perfect perfect dipti thanks for your uh, uh, insights and uh, uh, the so the uh, uh, as we are heading towards the conclusion of this uh, session my last question which, which uh, i find i found is very relevant is that while we are all talking about the financial crunches who will fund the program how to get the roi industry is saying what is the relevance why should we invest government is saying that you should invest why we should invest in certain situations there are a few questions which we have received which uh, is is very close to my heart is that few nris uh, who are non resident indians now very successful in their field respective field uh, is 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 there in us uk and other uh, developing uh, de developed western world uh, has reached out to us and saying that when we are doing this such a noble work of upskilling and skilling especially after this pandemic we are trying to help out the workforce to either upgrade and uh, you know match their standards match the industry standard uh, what are the methods or what are the places where they can come back uh, and 
can contribute what are the platforms where they can contribute and are very authentic uh, in nature the platforms are, has to be very authentic and uh, fr from there that fund can be diverted into the skill development or livelihood programs as per the requirement of the country at that at, at that point of time so this this question is 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 generic to all my panelists but i would like to start with atul sir uh, your take on this sir uh, look, the um, the Indians abroad, and forget the NRIs alone. I mean, I'm talking of even let's say British Indians and and some of the high net worth uh, British Indians. And I'm giving you a very practical scenario which I faced in 2015. I was in London on behalf of NSDC to do a lecture at the uh, Pravasi Bharti Divas being organised in uh, in in London. And um, so I made my uh, pitch on and what we were doing in NSDC at that time. And after my talk, some of these very, very high net worth people, they literally came saying, if India why can't we participate in it? I said, yeah, why not? He says, why should we uh, take labor? I mean, we've got projects running in Peru and Latin America and Africa, uh, and we are always in short supply of uh, getting skilled labor uh, workforce. So hum log, we can take it from India and deploy to the, the people in our projects that are running in other countries. I said, why not? I mean, that's one of the big things which they can do. And so as far as getting people uh, trained for that, now um, I happen to, um, let's say, represent in this particular um, session anyway, uh, Pan-IIT alumni reach for India. So they're doing great work in Jharkhand. They are training people and training people if the, if the employer wants that the person be trained as per international standards of a particular country, we do that. So we take that and we get funded by these um, high net worth people or um, employers who can, uh, who want this kind of help abroad for their projects. And very frankly, India has will be having nearly 47 million people surplus in a, and the world will be having a 55 million shortage. So India can 100% literally meet that, uh, that um, uh, requirement. Now, these stats are a little old, but Olden before COVID. But the fact of the matter is the world is growing older. Japan is going to be 48 years. China is going to be 38 years. Uh, EU is going to be 45 years. And they will need people to be helping them out in big time. And India is going to be 29 years. So, so who will we need to just find relevant skilling? So to answer your question specifically, the people abroad can look and, and fund skill development organizations like PARFI, and there'll be many more, I'm sure Bishwaru can mention a lot more of those, to directly provide them the skills that they want for their projects abroad. That's one way to start off with. Then there are programs like the TITP program with Japan, where three lakh interns are supposed to go abroad and um, who may not be fully skilled, but semi-skilled, but they should know the Japanese culture and language. Again, going back to Deepti's point, look, they should know the communication and they should know writing and they should be able to grasp, let's say, a third language, which is also part of the NEP. So all the elements are there. Now it's putting a nice, you know, uh, it's like putting the jigsaw puzzle together and making a nice painting out of it. So in that, right. I mean, the uh, people abroad can make a lot of, lot of difference. Yeah. So in this context, I, I also can uh, recall something which uh, I handled myself is called MOIA. Uh, this is something which 
started in the Northeast, I think in the year of 2012-13. Uh, so I was associated in that project and they had that same kind of, a, uh, kind of a, on, an objective is that how to export people rather than products, how to uh, export the skilled manpower to the European countries. And it started with Northeast basically. So I work in Manipur, Assam. So this, this consortium has worked uh, in especially into, into hospitality hospitality and uh, I think uh, in, in hospitality and some other uh, aviation domain uh, to actually, uh, you know, uh, place those people overseas. And uh, this, this agency was known as MOIA, who were conducting this, uh, this, this, this kind of training and uh, deliverables. So it's, it's not that that is something which is emerging or very new concept. I guess it's very old, but need to be implemented correctly in order to get the results. Uh, uh, so, what's your take, Vishrup, on this? I think uh, already Atul sir and you have made that uh, clear statement on this. Now, only two things that I would like to say: uh, this kind of a uh, intervention will require a very specific uh, demand kind of a thing, and of course, those trainings which has to be done has to be customized. It is not the generic part of a training which will help because it is again related to the quality of the skilling that will be required because you are exporting skills rather than you are exporting manpower. So that's the fundamental question again. Uh, just few days back I was working on, a, personally working on certain aspects of um, employment exchanges. So I realized that uh, this kind of an intervention will require something of a nature of an organization or an institution at a national level related with the Ministry of uh, External Affairs, which can raise the demand in various countries, uh, specific in the Arabian countries. Second, I think the European countries like Denmark or uh, probably Poland, where the age has already increased to a certain extent, where the people from India who are highly skilled or semi-skilled can go and intervene in continuing their efforts in the economics of that country. Again, those kind of intervention has to be looked into who will be the person who will be going to those countries and for what period. So very specific Questions and very specific interventions will be required to do this. But as uh, Atul sir and you have already suggested and made a very clear point, if these kind of interventions are brought in, so there will be a huge number of employment create will be created in next five years. We are looking at the, uh, when we are talking about skilling in India, we look at the opportunities that lie within the or national or the state boundaries. But while making such a big point, we also need to understand that the global economy is growing like, like anything. So if we can intervene on that aspect with very clear understanding where Ministry of uh, uh, External Affairs can pitch in, how to make this kind of skilling workable, I think it will be a big leap. Right, right. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So, uh, 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 so, what's your take, Dipti, on this? 
Abhishek, uh, I know we are. I am very conscious of time, and I'll take just two minutes to, you know, close my my thoughts also on this, and uh, want to say that, you know, uh, these are changing times, and uh, uh, Atul sir would agree that, you know, when uh, banking was looking or was having a major change when ATMs were being introduced and digital banking was coming in, there was a lot of resilience. There was a lot of, you know, resistance from not just the banking people but from the consumer side as well. Uh, we have seen, uh, you know, market changing and then skills of people changing uh, accordingly as well. So earlier, the shelf life of a skill or, or a skilled person was 30 years, which is now reduced to six years. Uh, we are talking about transformation. We are talking about transitions. We are talking about uh, a generation which is looking at, uh, uh, you know, disruptions uh, from artificial intelligence and uh, digital interventions, uh, be it, uh, you know, banking or healthcare or, or, or cloud computing or any solutions that are coming to our lives. So we we are looking at industries which never existed five years back, and we are going to have industries which do not exist right now. So we need to prepare. We need to prepare very fast we need to understand uh, and accept the fact that the world uh, we are living in is very VUCA uh, volatile as we say and uh, and we need to uh, prepare ourselves and our coming generations and work power uh, work or manpower which is going to enter the uh, employment or workforce uh, needs to be uh, needs to have uh, skills and if employers think that you know ready-made skills are going to be available right from the engineering colleges that are, uh, the students who are coming out of engineering colleges or people who are coming from ITIs that's not going to be true anymore so uh, we already know that there's a huge gap which Viswarupji already highlighted industry or academia ke beech mein bahut gap hai. so unless this gap is bridged unless our skill programs are more industry relevant unless uh, our industry and academia, whether uh, they engineering colleges or graphic studio or animation studio, ke ho, unless they understand what is the requirement and what are the demands that are going to come in, we are not going to prepare our manpower or we are not going to prepare the youth of our country for, for the skills of tomorrow. So we need to understand that to stay relevant at workforce, we need to uh, constantly reskill ourselves. We have done a reskilling a lot of uh, our reskilling in the last one year when COVID hit. So we learning from and let's take a pledge to keep on uh, upgrading ourselves. Correct. So thank you, thank you, Dipti, for your uh, for your comment. Uh, it's very true that uh, uh, you know skilling, reskilling, or upskilling, whatever is related to skills, is is always uh, going to stay relevant because the kind of uh, business dynamics which we are seeing, which is very changing and very fast changing. So you, you need to you need to you need to survive uh, these business cycles, uh, whatever is it is, whether it is up or down. And the kind of uh, transformation from uh, manual to digital, now from digital, digital to artificial intelligence and all. So we need to all keep ourselves updated in order to, uh, you know, survive uh, uh, in, 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 in the, in the uh, regular run, way forward in our, in our, in our career. So uh, as, as we are, uh, you know, uh, coming very close to the, uh, uh, you know, end of this uh, very insightful session, I would like to thank all my panelists, uh, Atul sir, Vishwarup, uh, Dipti, uh, for, for, for all your contribution and sharing the wonderful experiences uh, uh, from, from, from your side. And I, I strongly believe that our audience will be largely benefited out of this uh, deliberation. 
and the experiences which we have shared and will and and they will be better prepared way forward so thank you thanks very much for uh, from from my side for, on behalf of skill reporter for joining this uh, discussion thank you thank you, thank you abhishek for uh, organizing this uh, wonderful session uh, success of discussion can be gauged from the feedback uh, we get uh, uh, from the viewers so i would like to tell you all that we are getting awesome response from our viewers and uh, uh, from on social media and whatsapp also so thank you thank you uh, uh, i'm really thankful to our esteemed panelists and atul ji deepthi ji viswarup ji for gracing this session and uh, abhishek thank you so much for moderating it uh, we hope that we are going to organize more such sessions Uh, so that we can enhance the knowledge and understanding of the audiences about skill development and uh, how they can uh, go forward uh, and improve their livelihoods in coming time where the time is changing very fastly thank you very much thank you eric thank you kushboo thank you everyone thank you so much enjoy your weekend thank you, you sir thank you so namaste much. namaste